Welcome to another episode of 7 Day MVP, where we explore half-baked solutions to everyday problems. I'm your co-host, Nick Trambukas, and joining me is my better half, Max Erzak. If you hear an idea that inspires you, share your thoughts. Debate it on Twitter at 7 Day MVP. Now, this podcast is a bit of a social experiment. The question is, if we combine group intelligence and pool our resources and thinking together as a community, can we actually democratize ideas, build on each other's thoughts, and evolve them into products that benefit society as a whole? Let's find out. Cue, cue me up. I feel like I, I need I need a baton. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> na, 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 na. Take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are live. Should we jump into the first idea? Let's do it. All right. So let's call the first one Hotspots for Podcasts. So, in a nutshell, podcast creators are able to mark the best parts of each episode so that listeners can find value as soon as they start the episode. So let me break it down and explain the thinking and why I see it as a massive opportunity to reframe how we actually consume podcasts in general. So with any piece of content, the longer the length of that content, the higher the risk of actually trying out that content, right? So TikTok videos are very short in length. So you're able to go through a bunch of them without uh, feeling like you're trapped in this one episode, right? And that's, and that's why that, pop, that app is so popular because you're able to just go from TikTok to TikTok and consume it. And if something, if you don't like one of them, then you just move on to the next one and your risk to reward is very, is very balanced. Um, if you take a YouTube video, on the other hand, let's say it's 15 minutes, right? So you know, you go on Google and you say, how do I start my first podcast? And you get this 15 minute video. And instead of hearing this guy talk about it for 15 minutes, YouTube realized that this was a pain point for people and they added hotspots along the way so that people can jump into the video and immediately skip to the best part. So they start the video, they find the value right away. And as a result, they're able to consume more content because I'm able to consume, you know, five YouTube videos in the same amount of time as it would take, um, you know, for one video on average, right? So you have the consumption rate, uh, the consumption rate, which increases, and I'm able to discover videos in general at a higher pace. So what I'm thinking is if we take that YouTube model where they added hotspots to identify the best parts and we apply it to podcasts, now you're sort of de-risking an individual episode by allowing people to get to the best part of that episode right away. If we are able to add hotspots into each individual episode, people are able to take a 40-minute episode and they're able to say, yeah, you know, I'm willing to dedicate 20 minutes to this because I'm able to consume 
the best parts and I'm able to get it in like those, those five minute windows where the real true value is. Um, so as a result, you raise the rate of consumption because I'm able to listen to more episodes in a shorter amount of time and you increase content discovery because I'm able to try out new podcasts because of this lower risk. So that's, that's kind of one part of it. It's baking in hotspots into individual podcast episodes so that people can get the value sooner and they're able to consume more of your episodes and as a result, consume even more different types of podcasts. So that's one half of it. What do you think? So I'm not sure what the motivation was for YouTube to add this highlight feature. I feel like it's um, not to find, well, let me back up for a second. I think the difference there's, there's like finding the best part or the part that I'm looking for. And I think there's a distinction there. Cause like in your example on how to start a podcast, I, the way that I use highlights on YouTube is I keep that video open, that web page open for quite some time because I want to reference back to it. And I use the highlight to get to the part of the video that I want, right? So it's not so much like I'm consuming the video faster. It's more of like, I know where to go quicker. I know what section to, to, to watch again. So I had to start a podcast, probably have something like, you know, a mic setup and selection, which audio software you want to use, how could you soundproof a room? And maybe all I'm interested today is because I'm buying a mic today, I want to revisit that video for mic setup, for recording software, for you know, noise reduction. Um, so I think I think that's like the key motivation, or that was like maybe one of the top motivations for YouTube to create this highlight thing. But I think it's interesting this like rate of content discovery as a side effect. So we, we both agree that there's value in seeing these hotspot markers in the video, right? Because it, it tells you exactly kind of where the chapter header is and where to jump to. So my thought is, what if we take that even further, right? Like, obviously, we want to apply it to podcasts so that when somebody starts an episode, they know exactly where to jump to. You know, like if you and I had banter for 20 minutes and somebody wants to see like the real meat of the episode, Seeing that up front, I, I think is very valuable. And it's exactly what people try to accomplish currently with the manual timestamps in the description. Mm -hmm. Right. So so far it's 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 kind of head to head with with the YouTube approach. Um I have a feeling what you're gonna say. But Oh. <laughs> oh. So let, I'm I, I'm gonna jump around it for for a hot second um and just reference Periscope, right? So it, when you're watching a live Periscope video, people are able to, you know, tap their screen and a bunch of hearts float float on top. And don't quote me 100% on this, but I'm pretty sure on the back end, the publishers of that video are able to see those areas where people really engage with it, where they tap the screen for a lot of hearts. Um, it sort of signals, you know, this is the content that resonates with people. This is what you should be producing more of. In, in, I'm sorry, but like in more of a heat map kind of? Uh, I don't know if I would call it a, a heat map because that conjures a different visual in my mind. But yeah, if you have a 30-minute uh, live video on Periscope, you're able to see that five minutes in, there was a lot of engagement. There was a lot of people um, you know, throwing the, 
the hearts or, you know, 10 minutes in, there was a lot of frowny faces, right? Like people were just unhappy with what you were saying. So my thinking is if we take the hotspot idea from YouTube, we apply it to a podcast episode. On top of it, people are able to engage throughout the episode and kind of say, yeah, I love this area. I dislike this area. And if we go a little bit farther than that, and people are able to create their own hotspots and use it as a tool to, to start a, um, a discussion. I think that that's really interesting, right? So let's say 17 minutes into a 45-minute episode, I'm listening to the episode and I have this tool on my, on my podcast player where I'm able to just tap and make a comment. And that comment can either be private, so I use it as something to come back to, or I could toggle it and make that comment public. And now other people that come in later and listen to that same episode are able to see my comment and they're able to reply to it. So now you're creating almost a, uh, like what you would see on the bottom of blogs, right? Like just this comment section where I leave a comment, a day later, someone comes back and replies to it. I get a notification. So now the engagement, it's not just a one-time consumption. I'm able to come back to the episode and continue the conversation about specific areas of interest and other people are able to see it. So now it becomes really more of this kind of two-way discussion and a two-way method of consumption instead of just like unidirectional where the host talks at the listener. So you have hotspots that the host creates and people are able to jump to find value right away. And then you add additional engagement by adding these user-generated comment sections in the episode itself and you allow people to discuss a particular section of that episode. And then if you, just adding one, one, more, one more thing to it, if you're able to sign in in order to use that feature by leveraging your, let's say, Twitter account, now you're able to kind of continue this conversation in the actual episode, and you don't have to create a new username, a new password. You just do the one-click sign-in, and... You, you know, if you're able to spread that commentary onto your Twitter profile, I think that now you have a really nice experience when it comes to podcasts and really much better than what YouTube did with their, um, with their videos. What do you think? When I said, I, th- I think I know where you're going with this. Um, I actually, I thought you were going to where you, we eventually ended up, but not the added feature of this like Periscope like thing. Cause I think that's a very important data point to have as a podcast producer. And I think Spotify does something with this with, like you were saying, with drop-offs. But if they can also tell you at what part of the episode somebody subscribes to your show to cues up your next episode, engages with your profile a bit more, I think that would be super valuable. That kind of just builds on the middle idea. The last part, which I thought you were going to go is, I mean, sort of like this uh, with the user-generated hotspots uh, were kind of like the Kindle Kindle highlights or medium top highlighted section. But it's kind of the same thing as like, I'm quickly scrolling through, I'm like skimming through a medium post and I see the top highlighted section and that's going to stand out. It's like, okay, maybe I should revisit 
this because the whole post was the community decided that the most important part of this post is this section of text. But with what you were saying with the podcast player, I was kind of looking into as you were talking. Uh, there's, it's almost like to the T of what you're describing on the hotspot sharing, sign in with Twitter, starting a conversation, having private notes. There's this app called Air, Air Podcast Player that I just downloaded and I imported all of my podcasts from Pocket Casts and Apple Podcasts. I signed in with Twitter and there's a discover feature that shows top, they're, 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 they're not called hotspots, they call them air quotes. And if you go to like, there's like different categories on top of like the shows that you've actually subscribed to. And then top is like all shows, I guess. And then new is maybe, I don't know, new shows are the newest air quote. But let me see if I can. Is this air.io? Yeah, A-I-R-R.io. I think they, yeah, they only have an Apple app, iOS app right now. Yeah, so they don't actually have a desktop. There's nothing on the website, so I can't check out what it is. But it sounds like this is, it's, it's, um, it's, it's taking some of the some of the parts, which which is kind of nice validation. But what this does is it allows you to share it. Like it's basically doing what Medium is doing with highlight, right? You're highlighting the section, and it's very easy to share it on social. So that's kind of my my takeaway from this. Are you seeing something different? Yeah. And then, so there's three tabs on top. One is new, and that is the newest air quote. And it seems like it's it doesn't matter what show. It's just any show. And then there's top, which is you can filter by top this week, today, or month. So the top air quote, I guess, uh, how many people have quoted it, or maybe there's a like section. Um, so how is this different from what... So their whole thing, if I look at the App Store, is their main value props. Listen, highlight, share anywhere, discover, which is what I'm describing Medium as where you're able to highlight sections that you like, you're able to share it anywhere, and you're able to discover highlights that other people have made. How is that different than what the, the, the idea that you just described? Not medium, but... You're asking me how that's different from what I described? Yeah. Yeah. I guess th there's, there's two main things that stand out to me that are, that are very different. One is without using air, right? Because most, a lot of people don't use air to start the listening of the episode. So what I'm saying is you, let's say you and, you and I are, are recommending our podcast to someone and we're saying, you know, here's the link to episode two. Once that person goes into it, they're able to see right off the bat, the different hotspots that we identified as, you know, where the, the meat is. So they're able to just jump there right away. So that's pulling in the kind of YouTube model, right? But what is that platform? Like, is it a platform? Are you saying that should be baked into like the RSS feed of a podcast? I, th I think we can get to that in a minute. I think that's just a, a, a different conversation from what we're trying to answer right now. Right? You're, you're asking me, well, how is Air different from the idea that I'm describing? Mm -hmm. right? To me, Air is essentially medium for, medium is the highlight feature from medium for podcasts. Right? It's not doing anything different. So what I'm saying is when someone starts a podcast, they're able to see the hotspots that were put in place by the host. So you're able to get that value right away. And the additional thing is you're able to 
create a discussion point as a, as a node, right? Because I don't want to use hotspots again, but you're able to create a node and that's either private or you're able to just start this node that becomes a discussion where other people are notified. So does that does that kind of clear it up in terms of what is different? Or are you also seeing that on air? Because I'm not seeing that in their in their description. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm I'm seeing also on air is if I go into an episode, I can do an air they call them air quotes. You highlight a certain section and then you can see how many other people have highlighted that section. Oh, that's kind of cool. You can um you can request a transcript and I guess it runs through some sort of like, if you request it, maybe it like kicks off a service that, oh, it actually plays the quote and then underneath it, there's a transcript of it. Let me see if there's a discussion on this because I think that's the only thing that's different, right? Is like creating this discussion within the app. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very curious curious because I'm looking at the app store and in one of their screenshots, it says save moments while listening to your favorite podcast. And then someone wrote, I think that it was a lot of talk about and it just kind of gets cut off. But I wonder if that's essentially what I'm <laughs> what I'm describing, where people are able to create a discussion point in a, you know, specific duration within the episode and then share it out. It sounds like it's very similar. But I don't like. I don't see the difference in community air quotes versus podcast. So, like, this won't know the podcast creator highlighted something because this isn't a podcasting platform, right? Like Podbean or Simplecast or whatever, right? So, I think there's still the opportunity there for someone like Podbean or Simplecast to have those highlights and then put it into. When we were looking at podcast hosts. I think one of them did do that. And it said only for the players that can access these timestamps as hotspots or something like that, right? As markers. I think that would be that would be something that's more interesting where it's baked into the RSS feed somehow. So like it's just a matter of turning the switch inside of the podcast players. So like Apple Podcasts would recognize this new feature in the the XML of the RSS feed, and then it would populate those markers on the player. So the way that like the podcast players kind of consume your podcast or, or get your podcast and the information is through this XML document, right? That is generated and hosted on your podcast service provider, like Simplecast. So Simplecast knows when we go and change the title or the description, or we add a new episode, and then Apple Podcast will ping Simplecast and see if there's a change or if there's a difference in the XML to update. For our listeners, can you just briefly explain what XML is? So XML is just like a, it's a, it's a, language that it's just a structured way of organizing a text document. So you'll have like open and close tags for, let's say, uh, episode name. So it'd be episode name, episode number, and then whatever's consuming that, like Spotify and Apple and Google and whoever else, these, these different players, they can go to the episode name, grab that episode name, and then put it into their uh, cache or database or however they decide to, um, to store this information. So this could be something that you just add as an extra field like timestamps and it would just be start time and the description for example and then you would have a list of those different timestamps and what i was saying this integration would be okay now this 
you are writing this information in the XML document. Something that somebody like Simplecast could do this feature or Podbean or anywhere that like these huge hosting providers, if they change their XML structure to include this, they could contact Apple or Google or Spotify and say, hey, we're doing this new thing. It's a bit more, uh, a bit more information. You guys take that information and make your front end do whatever you want with it, right? So it's up to Spotify how to implement it into Spotify, like what it looks like, how to interact with it. Uh, but the the data would be provided by these bigger companies, the hosting providers, right? So in your mind, this is, and and I th- I think that there's value in having this be as an exclusive feature for someone like Spotify, rather than having everyone have access to it. Because then Spotify can say, yeah, on Spotify, you can start a discussion at any point of the episode. And that obviously gets people to want to come in. And then as the the host, you're like, wow, I can actually get people to stay on my podcast platform, stay on Spotify and continue engagement rather than and that's kind of the the like the that white space and sweet spot currently because right now if i have if i'm using spotify or just like any other podcast platform i have to continue i have to take those use, those listeners to another platform like a newsletter or you know through substack or something like that to continue that conversation and and it'll save me so much more time and trouble if i could just have them remain on the podcast platform and continue the conversation right then and there Right. And then other people are able to join in and they're able to see, you know, these user generated, let's go, let's just call them hotspots. These user generated hotspots are like, you know, let's say they're color coded. The green ones are really active. People are super engaged. So obviously I'll want to join that one. And then you have the yellow ones, which are, you know, still popular, but not as heavy. And you can kind of cycle through the different discussion points that you want. Um, and it's still tied to that actual episode. So I, I, I think that as a, as just a value prop, it's very powerful, right? Because it solves a huge pain point for the podcast creators. It solves a very, it provides a very interesting boost in experience for the listeners. And those are really the two parts in this market, right? And then for the podcast platform, if it's just exclusive to you, and you're able to bring in, you know, hordes of people that are interested in this new, like, cool community engaged feature. Um, all three parties win, and it's a much better experience all around. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's what it looks like. Air is trying to do. Like, if they incorporate this community commenting back and forth kind of feature, they, I think, they would position themselves perfectly for a Spotify acquisition, right? Because they, they've almost ticked all the other boxes this community part would be is is, i think it's super crucial and what you were saying with like the green versus yellow like color coding it i I was looking at so their air quotes or what we're calling hotspots show how many people have listened to it and i think even within that to tie in your second point having that periscope heart part to validate these hotspots would be super useful because you can argue if somebody plays it enough that it, it's popular, but I don't know what's in that hotspot before I play it, right? So number of plays doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best hotspot, but the hearts, the um, the actual users interacting with that, not just watching it, I think is more of an indicator to tell me 
who's skimming through these or even on like airs um, top or new feed that like, oh, this one is, I mean, they, they obviously have the top one, but if they have this user validation with the hearts. The sentiment is what you're looking for. Positive, negative, neutral doesn't help. I agree, but if you see smiley, smiley faces or hearts, that tells you much more than number of listens, right? Right. Yeah. I. The, yeah. Sentiment. I think just takes it one step further. That with like hearts only mean positive, but with smileys, I think that's what what air is 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 kind of trying to do. And I don't. I again, like I was saying, I definitely see that as a possible acquisition by Spotify. Yeah, go, going back to the highlight or highlighter feature in Medium that, that you spoke about previously, I think that a huge miss on their part, and you and I have been bouncing this idea for, you know, I probably, I think two years ago, it was brought up first, like these, this idea of hotspots in articles. I think that Medium totally missed the mark by introducing highlight. And obviously, it was great that they allowed people to easily share it to other social media platforms. But if they just took it one step further and did what we're discussing and built a discussion common thread around each one of these highlights, that's really where the power is. And now you have people coming back to the article because, oh, I left a discussion point and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And unlike with like at the bottom of, of a standard blog post where yes, they had a comment section, but you couldn't specifically identify the point that you were commenting on. So you had to comment on the entire article as a whole, right? So here, if you, um, you know, if you bake in this kind of comment feature into the highlight, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then even if I leave the page and somebody replies to my comment, I'm forced to go back and re-engage with this article. And now if you bake in, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of ad revenue, now people are seeing that ad multiple times. So there's just benefits all around and benef- and Medium totally uh, missed the mark on that one, in my opinion. Was this, is this whole episode just your brilliant way of trying to get me to concede to Google Docs are better than everything else? What you're describing is, is, is Google Doc <laughs> behavior, right? Like... You have these highlights, and then onto the side, you started a discussion. And yeah, exactly. Okay. That's right. I knew it. All right. <laughs> it's all it's all part of my, it's all part of my evil plan. But even but even I mean, since <laughs> since you brought it up, even in Google Podcasts, uh, in Google Podcasts, in Google Notes, one of the core benefits to me is that you are able to identify a specific word or sentence or phrase or even paragraph, and create a comment right around that point instead of being forced to just comment on the article as a whole or allude to a section, right? Like just being able to highlight something specifically and visually point to someone that this, these five words is exactly what I'm talking about. That's really, um, that's really powerful. And I think that if medium adds that, I'm really surprised that by this point they have not, but if they do, you know, we'll definitely reference this episode as we were the first to <laughs> to think about it. But, you know, bringing it back to to the discussion at hand in podcasts, right? Like it's it's a 40 minute investment and there's so many different podcasts out there. If we can de-risk that time commitment for people and say, 
yeah, it's a 40 minute episode, but you there's only 20 minutes worth of valuable content and we'll show you exactly where it is. That's very powerful. And now if you're able to join the conversation, that's even more powerful. And if you're able to share that on social, sort of like the way air quotes is doing, you know, you're putting, you're raising the level of engagement and interactivity for everyone involved. And I, you know, the more we talk about it, the more I think that, yes, there's value to like the podcasting community as a whole, if every single podcast player has this feature, but I think it's so much more uh, valuable and it's a much better, you know, not, not an acquisition, but a, a much better discussion point for a sale or a partnership or a collaboration if you share this with only one particular podcast platform like Spotify, like Simplecast, rather than waiting for you know some distributor to improve the experience for everyone as a whole. At the level of what we're describing, I agree. I think it's a perfect sale target or partnership for one of these these uh, these bigger companies to go a step further to kind of tie in this um, transcribable text. Mm-hmm. Now you can, and with the, this, this ties in social proof to an additional sentiment, it allows them um, like machine learning algorithms to apply some sort of weight and, and understanding to these hotspots. So that right there, allows now Spotify or, or if this um, interface of, of highlighting and analyzing and stuff is, is more widely adopted, it allows a product to come out to be like, what do you want to listen to? And it can understand what you're searching for. Like you could start writing sentences on like, what are you in the mood to listen to for your podcast? And then it can analyze that apply it back to search these hotspots and say, this episode talks about this. These are the hotspots that we've matched on your search. Yeah, there's, there, there's definitely something interesting about attaching machine learning to it and allowing people to search kind of more naturally. Um, wh- while, you were, while you were explaining that, it, it got me thinking sort of along the same vein. You know, g- going back to the comment that I made about connect... So, connecting it to Twitter, right? And logging in through your Twitter profile. If you're, let's say, you know, 400,000 people are using this commenting feature within podcast episodes, right? But you don't want to, you don't want to read through 50 people's um, comments that that you don't care about, right? Because they're they're let's say some of them are low quality. If you're connect the power of connecting through Twitter to be able to join the discussion is that you're able to filter the comments to only see the people that you follow, particularly the people that you want to hear from and to like hear hear their comments because they're, you know, you know that they provide something of value. Right. So I think that that part is very interesting. So not only does Twitter allow you to kind of um, connect your profile very easily and sign up for this feature, but it allows you to raise the quality of what you're consuming and and seeing in the comments inside the episodes themselves. And you're also able to easily share it on Twitter. So I think I think that that part just like the mere fact of just connecting it through a social network in my case particularly through Twitter it it's it really enhances your experience. 
So what I'm thinking is that if we do the same thing through this Twitter sign-in feature and you're able to get rid of the people that you don't care about, now you're seeing just the valuable content and the people that you actually that matter to you rise to the top. So I think that that's just one additional feature of a one additional component of this um, Twitter integration. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Seven Day MVP. I'm your co-host, Nick Trambukas. And I'm your co-host, Max Erzak. And we'd love to hear your feedback on Twitter at 7DayMVP. That's seven spelled out, the word day, and the letters M to V P. Tell us what really resonated with you and where do you see the opportunities to improve this concept. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player so you don't miss the next big idea. Alrighty, folks. Thank you for all the incredible feedback from the last few episodes. Keep the comments flowing. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.